Welcome to the Legends of the Black and Tan Coonhound, a podcast where two past breed presidents, Chad Smith and Ray Conrad, dig into the weeds of the legends of the black and tan breed and the owners and handlers behind them. Our mission is simple, to enshrine the stories of past legends and raise awareness and participation in our beloved breed organization, the American Black and Tan Coonhound Association. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we unearth stories of past black and tan legends. Well, we're here again. Coon hunting last night uh, with two very good friends. Ray is uh, busy this afternoon. He's got uh, he had a coon club meeting last night, and he's got another meeting about an hour and a half away. And uh, he said, well, "Why don't you just handle it?" So I said, "I will." And uh, last week, this past weekend, we had the Black and Tan sectional at Moss Island. We had a terrific crowd and lots of good fellowship, and uh, had a big time. Queen of Hunt was Randy Smith hunting Ellie. King of Hunt was Johnny Copeland hunting Cash. Queen of Show was Caitlin McPherson with Maggie. And the King of Show was Tim Cannon showing bogey. Uh, we had some double cast winners and saw plenty of coons. We're, the plan is to keep it at the same weekend, first weekend of November for, for next year. So by the time folks start listening to this uh, be several thousand listens and um make plans to tim moss island uh first weekend of november and uh we're gonna have that have another go at that now a couple weeks before that i went to butch herrings in uh, marianne arkansas we had a a sectional over there i don't have those sectional uh results in front of me i plan on trying to bring that up and uh, tell you the winners of that particular sectional as well uh, some of our friends that has another podcast called Tree My Dog was there. Uh, had a good time speaking with, uh, I believe it was David, and he gave me some pointers, and I was much obliged. So let's get into today. Um, two of my super good friends, they've been coming down hunting with me for uh, about a year now and known them way longer than that. Um, two names that most people in the breed know and the dogs behind them they definitely know and um, it's jerry flippo and steve fat cat holloway he's not fat cat anymore he went from fat cat to what was he flippo tomcat tomcat and then from tomcat he went to kitty cat kitty cat so now flip uh flippo calls uh fat cat steve kitty cat holloway so uh last night that's what was calling him we had a we hunted four or five hours. We, I don't know, how many coons we see? Half a dozen? Yeah. Something like that. We killed three. Had a big hunt. Um, I wanted to get them in here to talk about some dogs in the past. And and because without these two guys sitting in the office here, well, a lot of dogs y'all hunt uh, wouldn't be around. So let's start with uh, Flippo. Flippo. Let's get to you and Fluffy. Fluffy is Larry Prince. Correct. You and you and Larry were high school friends. Yeah, we grew up probably a quarter of a mile from each other. We we both grew up on cattle farms, and uh, I started hunting with my father about '72, and then uh, Larry started going with us about a year or two later. Got the bug, and uh, 
we've hunted ever since. Now, does Fluffy, uh, Larry, I better call him Larry for the podcast. Does, did Larry have a background in coon hunting or he just liked to go with y'all? He had a, he had an uncle that was a fox hunter, but up to that point, he had never coon hunted till he started going with me. And when I was, I guess I was probably 13 or 14. He was a year older than me. Now, Flippo lives in, what do y'all? Is Live in Lynchburg now. Lynchburg now. We went up back in the summer, me and Shelly, and we stayed at Fluffy's up uh, Larry's house and at the at the poultry farm, and uh, they came over. We had supper together. So uh, Lynchburg, and then uh, Kitty Cat, you live in? I live in Estill Springs, Tennessee now. Okay. Yeah. So when did you get the the good coon dog at Paralysis? When did you get? Wanting, I mean, when did you want more out of the? Well, the whole time I hunted with my father when his kids, well, all we had was gray dogs, but but most of them were black and tans. And uh, I guess about '79, I had a male and a female, and I took them to Franklin and had them uh, inspected by Paul Toon, and he single rested them, and then I started breeding them into restored stuff, and uh, but they never it never crossed well. Paul Toon, Paul Toon Paul was Toon. president of the Black Tan Association, right. and actually one of the founding members, I believe. Of the well, he was, this was in 1979. He was already on up in age. Because we, we we were founded in 1946. I think okay. he was one of the. Was he one of the first? One, one of the very first okay. ones. So you went to Paul Toon and you took yours at. I had a male and a female, and, and uh, had to turn them loose by themselves and tree a cone. And uh, so he inspected them and said, "Yeah, gave you the check mark and." Yeah. So when did y'all fast forward a little bit? When did you have your first super nice hound? It didn't have to be a a night hunt dog, but your first. Well, Prince nice. he had one way before, which he he was out of hunting for about two years in the early eighties after we got out of high school because he was working construction. And when he got ready to get back in, he didn't have any idea. He hadn't kept up with the breed or anything. So I started researching, and uh, and at that time it looked like Fiddler was the hot hand. To get a pup from Tennessee Fiddler, Tennessee Fiddler, Tam Young. So, uh, I called Keith Conway and uh, he was coming to Black and Tan Days and he had a litter. I think the female, the mama, the dam was uh, Molly B. I may be wrong about that, but she was, I think she was a litter mate that Cracking Tom that uh, MacNeil Creasy was hunting at the time in PKC or PCA. PCA. Time. Anyway. We bought a he bought a female pup and got back into hunting. She turned into a real good dog, and uh, and she she was probably the start. Even though we never got any pups out of her, and, so she was out of fiddler and and, and Molly B. And Molly B. Which we think possibly was a ha- a, a full to a, a full to cracking top. Yeah. Pretty good bred yeah. animal <laughs> for sure. All right, so let's go past her. Uh, ha- so t- t- the Rachel. Was how far back was she well, from that, uh, or forward from that? Probably fast forward. That was in '83 when he got uh, when he got which that we called that dog Betty. And uh, about three years, probably about three years later, we were at Black and Tan Days in Flora, and uh, there was a gentleman parked beside of us named Dave Matthews from Arkansas, and we got to talking to him. And uh, he had a friend, which was Lawton Robertson, who he'd rode down there with. And Lawton had some pups for sale. And that's so where at, Larry bought Rachel. At Black and Tan Days. Black and Tan Days in Florida. In Florida. And 
Early eighty six, I think. Eighty six, okay, mid eighties. Yeah, and that's where Rachel came that's from. That's where Rachel came from. Yeah, and uh, Prince's Prince's Black Rachel, right, right. And she was out of she Bandit. was out of Bandit, and uh, and I don't remember her name, her her, her mother's name. So Lawton Robinson, we'll uh, we'll get him on. Lawton's a, a friend of friend of ours as well, and Lawton has been hunting black and tans for. 40 years or, or longer and he started with i guess his his main dog was bandit because bandit was out of sanders hank right yeah and sanders hank was out of lawson's big house i believe so it was or if it wasn't he was out of something that was out of lawson's big house maybe but so rachel came as a six-week-old puppy to yeah, y'all yeah and i kept her at my house because he didn't have the place to put a pup at the time. And I kept her till she was about ready to go hunting. And then he, and we, of course we hunted a lot more together back then than we do now. And, uh, she was a little, she was a little bit on the slow starter, but, but when she took off, she took off real hard tree dog. And, good, uh, good looking dog. Good of looking dog. Yeah. Just about perfect. As far as a black and tan. Bark on the ground. Oh yeah. Open, ball, open ball mouth. Hard chop. So y'all kept her until she died, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he kept her till she raised several litters. All right. What what did you breed Princess Black, Black Rachel to? All all the different well, houses. In eighty five, we had bought a young male dog out of Athens, Alabama, that was uh out of Fiddler and Jackie Two, which was a female that, that uh Tam Young had. And this dog we bought this dog sight unseen. I remember exactly give eight hundred dollars for him. And the guy said Said he's a promising young dog, but he'll run anything that makes a track, and he didn't lie. And uh, we got that dog home, and we carried him that night and made two trees. And I have to this day, I've never had a dog get treated like that. Uh, the dog would be so a lot of times he'd be a couple of feet up off the ground with with all four feet dug into the tree. And uh, some of the friends in that area that hunted with me and hunted with him, they caught to call him Magnet because he always stuck to a tree. Magnet, yeah. And uh, <laughs> well, what was Magnet's real name? Uh, Flip off. Joe. 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 And uh, anyway, he died real young, a stomach bloat. And uh, so about a year passed or so, maybe a couple, couple, two or three years. And uh, there was a dog advertised in the American Cooner in North Carolina that was out of that same cross. Eddie Wallace's Black Mac. Wallace's Black Mac. Okay. And, uh, Prince went out there and hunted with him, and I think Steve went with him. Kitty Cat, you remember much about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. Stanley, North Carolina. We went out there. She was in heat, and we took Rachel out there, and we put them in the pen there, but she wasn't quite ready. But we went hunting that night, and uh, we hunted him by himself, and I don't remember what dog I took. It was some shit eater, but he looked good. He was just... Uh, he three two or three coons, and then we cut him loose with some other dogs, and he he mainly stayed by himself. But he was quick about taking care of his work, and a classy tree dog. He wasn't no magnet dog like you were talking about, but he was a good solid tree dog, good mouth, good ball mouth on track. I mean, I liked him. That so he bought bought on the ground, opened plenty good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was uh, just a nice hound. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not really what you'd call today. He's black and tans, <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, he 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 gave mouth according to the track, and he was just a super nice dog. He was, I, you know. But 
So y'all took Rachel out there, but did he get, did, didn't he get it done at, at that point? No. We left her. and Well, he just bred her once or twice. Ever, since Rachel, every dog the female we've had since Rachel, we, they, they fail to get bred on one or two breedings. It takes several. For whatever reason, I don't know. It's been aggravating. But uh, the second time he carried her to her, he bred her four, I think three or four times, and we got that's when Ruby Slitter was born. So you he missed the you you missed the first time, right? So you had to do a redo after right. six seven months. You 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 felt good about it. You tried it again. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, it, there was nothing else that suited. I mean that that, that, that was looked better than him because Magnet you Magnet was out of fiddler. Well, actually, it's a, so a full. Your was it a full? Yeah, they were full. Full, full brothers. Full yeah, brothers. Same dog and and damn and. And uh, since then, I've talked to several. They must have made that cross a bunch of times, Tam did, because I talked to several people that had that same cross and, and, and loved them type dogs. Fiddler and Jackie, too. Yeah. And Jackie, too. Was out of Judge, wasn't she? She, had some she was out of Judge and a full litter mate sister to Wheeler. So, so Wheeler was in there twice, Tennessee Wheeler. And I think they had another litter mate that they was bra- – and, and I don't know as much on them – there was a litter mate to Jackie too that they called maybe called Judy or something, and they so that they raised a lot of pups on that on that, on that one too. But I don't know, you know, how they turned out or anything. Did you ever come over and go hunt with Tam when you was doing one time? Steve was trying out a night champion dog that uh, that Tam had for sale, and me and him drove out there and went with him one night. But but uh, I think Fiddler and them was already had was real old or passed away by then. You know. Yeah, he was gone. Yeah. It was in the maybe the late eighties. Yeah, I was needing a black dog because my dad raised me. He was hunting a red bone, and I, you know, back when you're a kid, you you listen to your dad, and you think he knows everything. So, you know, in his mind, that's all there was to hunt was a red bone. And uh, you know, we hunted. I remember one night he got one. We hunted ten nights in a row. We ain't made. We ain't heard a bark. We ain't heard made the first tree. Which we didn't have a lot of coons back in those days, but. The tenth night, that dog finally struck and got treed and had a coon. And uh, we went in there, and there's a big boar coon. He's over on behind the city dump. And we had to go crawl across garbage and stuff to get over there to it, and we shot it out. Daddy was so proud. He said, boy, I told you this was a coon dog. And I thought, well, after ten nights of trips, I'm happy, you know. And uh, I kept wanting to go. I'd say, can't we go to another place? Can't we go? He said, boy, there's coons in here. He said, they just ain't, you know, hard to treat. And so I wound up with that, and then he died, and uh, I'd hunted with Jerry and Larry a time or two, and uh, them black dogs, they were hunting, they were training two or three coons a night, and I thought, damn, there's, there's different things out here in these red bones. And so I kind of got, got that black fever. And then that's when he hooked, you know, we hooked up with Tam. He had a night champion dog down there. He took in on trays or something for sale, and we go down there and try the dog, but it just didn't, wasn't what I was looking for. And uh, but he had three pups down there out of the last litter of Tennessee Judge. I didn't know a thing about Tennessee Judge, but Flippo could tell you a dictionary on all these block dogs back in those days. And they said that he was the hardest black tan tree dog to ever live. Said if you, you waited about 10 minutes to get in there, you're stepping in slobber, you know. So that kind of got my interest up. And I bought uh, he had I had I bought a male pup out of him, and he was he's probably the hardest tree dog I ever owned, but he just couldn't. He, he wasn't a track dog. He'd stand on his head and just couldn't figure it out. But uh, that's how I got started, my first black dog there. But 
so we'll take second cross Rachel to Wallace's Black Mac, North Carolina guy, finally get pups. How many did you have? I don't remember. It seemed like there was seemed like there was seven or eight pups in that litter. And uh I think most of them were females, majority of the and uh Larry kept two. I got one. And then they of course they sold them you know, to different people and uh, we really didn't keep up with them. Uh and uh, mine didn't turn out. And uh the female. You had, I, a, I had you a had an original yeah, yeah. the original female yeah. you picked. She did turn out and uh <clears throat> Larry had both of Larry's was doing good. And uh he had a lot shorter patience than he got nowadays and uh they were doing good, but he didn't think they was doing as good as he expected them to be as good as Rachel at a young age. And uh anyway there was a, a local boy there in town that ended up with with Reba, which was one of them. And then the other one was Ruby. And he sold Ruby to Steve. Or he or Steve took her on trial, and he, and he didn't buy her. So Kitty Cat had Ruby he for a He had Ruby while. for a short time. What, a couple weekends or something? Uh, yeah, probably two weeks. I, I bought her, but, you know, uh, and – I, that's one of my regrets is not keeping her. But you know, I just couldn't call her. She was she was such a, a hard tree dog, and she's chop mouth all the way. I didn't have a locate. I shot the first cone out to her by herself. And uh, but anyway, I sold her back to Larry. I said I can't I can't call her. I mean, and uh, I like her and everything, but I just can't call her. And then Jerry wound up getting her, and you, the rest is history on that. What well, she's we were, me and Larry had went to Michigan coon hunting. And trade a bunch of cones up there. And I at that time I had a screaming bow dog, that was a he was a good dog, but he was just average. And uh, that's a Ron Myers. Yeah. For the folks who don't yeah. know, Ron Myers, one of the legends, Ozark yeah. screaming. And it was bow. a and it was out of screaming bow and one of uh, Rachel's littermate sisters that I got her from Lawton. Matter of fact, Lawton was halfers on her. And uh, we were coming back from Michigan anyway, and I done seen how Ruby operated up there, and I I just told him. He, and he told me he, he didn't think he was going to keep her. And I said, well, I want to buy her. And we, we decided that on the way home. And uh, So Ruby, let me make sure that uh, listeners, Ruby and Reba, same litter, full sisters. Ruby, did she take the chopping on the ground after the dad, y'all think? Did you remember that, Kitty Cat? I don't think neither one of her parents chopped on the ground. So that was just a – and she. And she was a little different style than either one of them. She was a, she didn't have the cold nose that her mom and daddy had. But when you put her in thick coons, she you, she she was unstoppable, and real quick. Uh, you know, a lot of times on a point hunt, they'll put you right on top of a coon track, right out of the truck, whether it's a feed bucket or whatever, and uh, you'll turn the dogs loose. And a lot of times, the dogs if the track's real hot, they'll go the wrong way for a little ways before they realize it. And turn around. Ruby never done that. She'd always, and she'd have a, such a lead, you know. Super fast. Super right? fast. About as fast as a dog I ever owned. Yeah. But no, really no locate that you, I, I, you could figure, you picked it out. Then, on a cold cone, she would, not on a hot cone. But I, I learned it. You know, I could I could call her. No, did Reba operate totally different? Reba had a house dog mouth. But she had a good locate, you could tell, you know. Prince used to make a joke about it. When he still owned her, he'd hunt her out of season and shoot coons out there, and he said nobody knew he was coon hunting because they thought it was a house dog. Out there. 
thought it was a heel hound. Yeah, huh? yeah, he thought just somebody's yard dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where did that? Nobody knows where that mouth come from. No, me. Don't, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, but she she was a nice hound on her own, and uh, 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 a boy named Jason Denby there in town. He was a coon hunter, but not a serious coon hunter. And uh, and every time he had breed her, he lived in Tallahoma. And every time he would breed her, he didn't want to have any place to raise pups. So I would take her to my house and raise the pups for a pup. So I got several pups out of Reba, out of Reba which is where, how I end up with Chigger, Ten, Holloway's Tennessee Chigger. I kept her till she was, she was probably seven, eight months old. I can't remember the exact, it's been such a long time ago, but she wasn't doing anything. And I was getting disappointed in her. And I traded her to a, to a boy named Johnny Watson, and uh, and then Johnny, Johnny was about like Jason Denby. He was about a halfway coon hunter. And uh, Steve, I told Steve about her, and he went over. And she, as soon as Johnny got her, it was just that time for her to to turn over. And she started running training, and and uh, I told Steve about her, and he went over and bought her. And then he took her and took her for she to the point that she went to. So we need to. Need to tie this together for the young okay. listeners because this is where the where we th- where I think what we're doing is beneficial for years. The young yeah. listeners who we hope continue the tradition. So Flippo has mentioned two dogs. Uh, he says just Ruby. Where her, your 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 full name was Flippo's driving Miss Ruby, right? Who produced three time Albert, which carries on today. He carries on that that stuff today. Yeah. And then you also mentioned Kitty Cat's dog, which is Holloway's Tennessee Sugar, which was bred to – go ahead, Kitty Cat. Uh, well, I bred her a couple of times. Or I, I really don't know how many times, to be honest with you, if it's a long back. But uh, I bred her to Ace one time, I think. and then. Uh, but the best cross it was made was with her and uh, uh, Tag. I'll call it Tag. And uh, she had, uh, you know, that litter turned out to be pretty good, majority of them, and they'd all run tree of coon. But uh, well, let's stop. Let's stop right there. How did you decide on tag? Well, because for for the listeners who don't yeah, know, well, I that's, live. That's I, Bruce. We're talking about Bruce and Johnny Gillum. Bruce and Johnny Gillum, and I live probably a little less than an hour from. Alabama and down there where they live they're up there close to the Tennessee state line and um, I used to go down there quite a bit and I hunted more with Bruce I mean Johnny his daddy Johnny the daddy more than I did Bruce but uh, and everybody knows Bruce and Johnny you know I mean they're world known in the black and tan breed you know but uh, you know Johnny Johnny was the dog trainer and he'd, he'd hunt them every night of the week and then Bruce would take them on the weekends and went and hunts with them, you know. And it was hard. That was a hard couple to beat, you know. I mean, they were just they were always packing a dog. Cause and one of them was working during the week and one of them was working on the weekend. Every, absolutely. And uh, but anyway. Uh, so did you go with Tag? Oh yeah, yeah. I hunted. Yeah, I, I never bred to a dog that I didn't go to go with. Well, tell the listeners how, how you graded out Tag. Tag was super nice. He was business. When you cut that dog loose, it didn't matter if you was in a field or woods. We went, I went down there one night after, uh, it was after Black and Tan days one year. I had uh, 
Holloway's Tennessee Black Lady, which I won Black Tan Days with back in 99. And she was, I think at that time, she was the youngest female to win Queen of the Hunt. I think she was like 16 or 18 months old. And four weeks later, she had 13 pups. I hunted her Friday night and didn't hunt her Saturday night because her bag dropped. But uh, she was super nice too. But anyway, uh, to go back to Chigger, and I, which I bred Lady to Tig also. But uh, we went down there and Bruce was hunting Tig at one night. And another friend of mine from Chevyville, and I used to live in Chevyville, he went, went down with us. And uh, now Johnny, he believed in putting meat in their mouth. And he didn't go to the woods without a rifle. Where Bruce was more selective, you know. And, uh, but I always seen coons with both of them. But we went down there and, and it was the fall of the year and been real dry. And they live right there in the foot of the mountains. And uh, we went out there where they'd pick corn. And we was hunting a, a creek that had run off the mountain there. And Bruce said, we'll go back here. And he said, even coons are coming off that mountain to get that water. I'm thinking, man, I really don't want to hunt that mountain if we can keep from it. But he said, no, nah, this, this should tree in these bottoms. And we walked through there, and they're winning a coon or two, and I'm wanting to cut loose. He said, no, nah, let's get on back here where there's more coons. And I'm thinking, shit, man, there ain't going to be any more coons back in there. But we cut the dog, get ready to cut the dogs loose. Bruce said, let's cut them right here. And I said, well, let's put them in the woods because where I hunt, you cut a dog loose in the field, usually they're going to run around the edge of the field instead of going where you want them to hunt but anyway uh, bruce and i'll tie tie go right in the woods and showing up we cut loose and our started around the edge of the field and tie dove off left and the man he was struck and we treed uh probably five singles in there i think i had two and, and tyke had three probably in about 45 minutes and i t oh i remember walking out and i told bruce i said man i said johnny ain't never brought me back in here he said, that's why these coons are here, Cat. I thought, well, I guess that's right. But Tag, I went with Johnny one night, too, and it was the same kind of ordeal, but it was in Paint Rock, Alabama, where we went to hunt. And I thought, man, well, we're driving all the way over here. They got good bottoms down there where they hunt. He said, well, it's been so dry in there, and it's corn. And we got in there, and uh, we treed five that night. And Tag, well, we, we treed three, and Tag caught two on the ground. I mean, he was an open trailer, chopped mouth. And he bought a little bit, but majority of the time, man, he was a track-driving fool and could come hooked and have the bacon. I mean, he was just a, he was a coon treer. What's he going to reproduce? I don't know. But, you know, I, I like what I seen because I like an open-mouthed dog and I like a good tree dog and a stay-put tree dog. But I like an independent dog if I can get it, you know, and uh, which we have a lot more of that now than we did. And, uh, but that's, I wound up breeding the tag. And I had a litter of pups, and that's, that's, I can't tell you how many years ago that's been because I'm done, got old and senile now, but the Winter Classic was still at that time down in Albany, Georgia. And I had a litter of pups, and I had two that was sold, and I think I had two that wasn't sold, and I was dropping them off down there. And uh, I think at that time I'd had a litter from Lady and Tides also, and I had to drop a few of those off. But anyway, I met a guy named, uh, he come up walking up there and he's looking at the pups and he said, man, I really like that, that pup right there. I said, yeah, she's pretty. And uh, he asked me what I was wanting and I told him, you know, and he wanted to know the bloodlines and I told him that, you know. And, uh, he introduced himself as Tony Grubb from Kentucky, which I didn't know Tony at that time, but uh, 
seemed to find out we we had a lot of mutual friends and that hunted and i know you know and he told me he used to handle some dogs for jimmy reese which i knew jimmy from up there close to my house you know and what kind of stand-up guy he is and so uh, he didn't have the money to buy the pup but you know he said listen if you'll sell me this pup i can promise you it'll get the opportunity to get hunted and he said i'll pay you he said i'll you know i'll send you a little bit each month or two you know and i said that's fine you know so I think he gave me a hundred dollars and he took her and I don't know, a month or two later I got another hundred dollars or whatever. But uh at the end of the day, he she got started and he called me. He said, Man, this little gyps really doing good. And he said, I'm gonna put her in a hunt this weekend. I said, Well, if you think she's ready. I said, She's awful young and he said, Well, I, I feel like she can hold her on because she's gonna be by herself. And I thought, Well, that's good. And he called me at I think it was Sunday. He said, Guess what? And I said, Well, he said, I want to hunt this weekend. I said, you did? He said, yep. So she got treated. I think she had two singles to herself. And up there in eastern Kentucky, that's pretty good, you know, in the mountains. And uh, he said, I'm going to take her all the way. I said, well, I said, have at it, bub. And uh, it wasn't long after that. He done made her a grand, you know. And people don't know I'm talking about Kentucky River Chigger. He called me. He said, you care if I name this dog Chigger? I said, bub, I don't care. I said, her mama's good. If she's just as good, that's fine. Come to find out, you know, all-time reproducing black and tan female in history right now. So she's done good. But Tony, he done his research on breeding the dogs, you know. He never bred the same stud dog twice. And But that just goes back to show what kind of reproducer she was, you know. Of, mm. Plus, he put them in hands of people that's going to hunt them. And that, you know, that's the big key right there. So, so we got three-time Albert on one side of the table and we got Kentucky River Batman on the other. Well, yeah, that's where Batman come from. That's right. So Well and Kozar. Well, yeah, I mean you you know, uh so you can go back to the dogs that are being campaigned today. Yeah. Tons and tons of them go back to Holloway's Tennessee Chigger. And then also tons and tons on the other side because we need to tie that together flippo so so tie together for the listeners uh a little bit better reba and how how that came about to make because it, it is a it is a string there that you know it uh, goes back to rachel and 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 bandit really yeah and our, and uh and uh and uh Wallace's black mac yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so reba was bred to Reba was bred to, uh, if, I could, if I could remember, we bred her to two-time Albert. That's where Chigger. That's where Holloway's Tennessee Chigger come from. See, she was bred to Ace, and uh, every female in that litter turned out great. The male pups didn't, but the females all made great. There was like four or five of them. The Ace. Set them up Ace and Reba. Tried to braid Ruby to Ace, and he <laughs> wouldn't have nothing to do with her. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, that was a heartbreak for me because I just knew that was that was going to be a great cross. And uh, what else did we bred? We bred, bred her to Hobie. She only had one puppy. And uh, I'm not. I don't know if I can remember. We bred Reba to anything else other than that. So, like I said, the boy in Tullahoma owned her, and he was the one. Jason Denby. Jason Denby, and he kind of did what we told him to do. You know what what dogs to go to, and uh, and Ruby. I bred her to two-time first, 
and there was five pups. So stop right here. Let, okay. We want the listeners to understand why you chose two times because we've talked about this over over okay. several times. In '94, uh, when Two Time Albert won the Winter Classic the first time, Mitch Loggins brought him down. Me and Larry Prince have been going to South Georgia in that area, coon hunting, way before the Winter Classic ever got started. And still, and still, still to this day, still to this day. And uh, they were coming down to hunt in it, and they wanted to pleasure hunt with us, probably a week, four, five days beforehand. And uh, I was very impressed with Two Time Albert. That dog was—he was my kind of coon dog, <laughs> and uh, big mouth, drove a track. And in South Georgia, the coons down there run like no other place. You got cut over water, swamps, and uh, they're they're filled on peanuts down there. Them coons do. They're super. They got a nest on their chest. And uh, so they're they're filled with peanut butter. Yeah, and them coons they're tough. And uh, Albert, I mean, he did as good a job down there as any dog I ever seen. Two time, two time. And uh, when we get when he, and of course, then. The, after pleasure hunting with us two or three nights, they went over and won the classic. And uh, and I, Larry, me and Larry was both hunting with him. And uh, I told Larry, I said, I'm breeding to him. And he, Larry said, I'm breeding, I'm breeding Rachel to him too. <laughs> and uh, which uh, Larry got out of his litter out of two time. He had uh, Diamond Jim, which was a grand night. And then uh, then I bred Ruby, and she had five pups. And out of that five pups, one pup didn't make it. And uh, there was uh, three grand knights and one knight champion out of that litter. And uh, So Ru- R- Rachel was Ruby's mother, but they both got bred to two that's times. That's correct. And we bred Reba also. So Ruby, Reba, sisters, and Rachel, mother, all got bred to two times. Three litters, five grand knights, and several knight champions. How that crawl? Those three bitches. What about uh, uh, Rachel's cross with two time the Jim dog? Jim dog was he was he was a nice dog. Uh, his best point was tree, and he was a super super hard tree dog. Good track dog, chopped on track. Now fast, did two fast track dog two time chop some on the track? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, he did. He tra- he chopped and balled. If it was a fast track, he chopped. Yeah, and and what impressed me about two time was how fast Ruby was. And uh, the first time, i tell you what, the first time, I'll take it back, the first time I hunted with two-time, before, I can't remember if it was before or after the Winter Classic, but I went up to Jimmy Reese's and uh, two-time's owner, uh, Gene, Gene Hicks, Gene Hicks, met me there and with him, and, uh, and we turned them two loose on a coon. They struck a coon, and they was in cut-over timber. And uh, two time didn't pass her, and she didn't pass him. I knew what kind of track dog he was in, and uh, I told Gene, I said I want to breed to him bad. And then I, I think then after we met him down there in Georgia and hunted two or three nights, and then he won. And, uh, That's the first year he won, or second? Well, it was the first year. Okay. Then he won it again the next year. Yeah, back and, back. And the pups, I never got to hunt with three time, but I hunted with the other two, and they were all fast track dogs. So what was the name of the other two? One of them was Albert's Last Chance, which I think he won a lot in PKC. Mm-hmm. And the other one was a, a little guy named Johnny Watson. He had one called Driving Miss Daisy. Watson's Driving Miss Daisy. And uh, uh, 
But it either one. I know we, we've, of course, the listeners know that three time got bred a lot. Didn't he got bred away a lot. Yeah, he was the most bred of the of the bunch. Of the then bunch. I had Flippo's Mister Big Shot, and Mister Big Shot won Winter Classic. Winter Classic, well, uh, uh, he won the first time I hunted him as a rester dog. I got fifth. The next year I hunted him as a night champion. I got third night champion. The next year, I won Grand Night. First place Grand Night at the Winter Classic. The next year I, I didn't place, and then the next year I won the whole thing and first place Grand Night. With you won the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, out of five years. Tell the listeners about uh, uh, how you come about the because really, honestly, back in those days, those huge scores were hard to hard to overcome. But you so happened to get on a big score cast. Oh yeah, there was a. Uh, I drawed two Walker dogs. One of them was out of Kentucky and one was out of North Carolina. And then I drawed a blue tick, a young blue tick out of Michigan that owned by Ed Mead. And uh, Ed's dog was running away with the cast to start off with. And uh, uh, the Walker dogs were just as good as they were. They could, were capable of winning it too. They were good dogs, but, but they got in some minus trouble off the bat. And, uh, I was just staying right there with him, but uh, the blue dog was was winning the. I can't remember the point spread he had after maybe two or three cones, but he was ahead. And uh, so Ed Mead had a spot that not baited necessarily, but it was it was. He prime. had, a, he, had a, he had a gentleman down there that he knew that knew where cones were at, and he had a. And he had a, he he was guiding. Yeah, and uh, we was hunting out of Edison, which is I don't know forty miles maybe from Albany, and. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, later on in the night, we, I think we treed. Uh, I think we treed seven singles. I can't remember exactly, but uh, later on into the cast, probably the last thirty minutes or so, the blue dog drawed some minus points. Uh, either left a tree or something, run something wrong or whatever. But and then and then I went on ahead and uh, finished the last drop by myself. How much did you? You remember you score? I believe okay. I had nine hundred or nine fifty. I can't remember exactly. And so, I didn't, really didn't think that would win it, you know, but uh, but uh, I was lucky enough that it was. So, big shot, Daisy, last chance, and three times. Yeah. When Gene come to my house to get, he he bred for a stud pup, and three time was the best looking pup in the litter. Uh, bench show type looks, and uh, and uh, the last chance dog was probably the ugliest one. He was a little rough haired. And uh, Gene couldn't decide which one he wanted. If I knew which way he was going to go, you always, nine times out of ten, they're going to go with the prettiest pup. And it's the one he took. But uh, the last chance that pup might have been, at the end of the day, the best dog of the whole litter. He, uh, I sold him to a guy locally that hunted English dogs, and uh, he never gave the pup a chance. And then I told a hunting, another hunting buddy, and he went and bought it and got it started. And I and I don't know exactly where he ended up at, but I think he changed hands several times. I think he may have ended up in Indiana, to let, you know where he passed away. But but he was uh, I hunted with him. Steve's hunted with him. He was a he was a very nice dog. Now all these dogs out of that litter opened on the ground. Oh yeah, every one of them. Yeah. Were they all ball and chop? Some ball. I never hunted with three time, but uh, uh, Big Shot did both, depending on the track, hot track, chop. Cold track ball and uh, uh, 
I think Daisy Daisy was probably a little more leaning towards chop. And uh, last chance, he was both, wasn't he? Yeah, he was both track. He would, he would chop and, <coughs> and ball. But he was a track driver. They were all track drivers. That's so, why That's why they did so good in Winter Classic. You know, down there, you draw them coons that run. And, you know, don't about the only layups you'd get down there were around uh, either somebody had feeder buckets or, or around a peanut field. But if you struck one out there in the woods, open woods, you six and have a race. He's going to run. He's going to run. And uh, uh, when I hunted big shot down there, I'd have – if it run for 10 minutes, I'd have a good 20 or 30 seconds on that tree before I had to call him because he'd be there waiting for the rest of them. So what what about the the cross with Rachel? Did it just was it just Jim that the Jim was on one? It was, he, uh, it was two males and three females, and I don't know if the rest of them got a chance or not. I think you know they went to different people, but Larry kept Jim, and uh, and, and he made a grand night as well. Night, yeah, and then later on we crossed Jim and Ruby, which was been a half brother, half and uh, there was two pups in that litter, and I kept the male and Larry kept the female. And the female, she needed one win to be in Grand Night, and he quit point hunting. And my male dog, the male dog never worked out that I kept. All right, so how did Reba uh, uh, the catch it now that we've we've tied all that together? Now, now let's follow Reba into into Kitty Cat one more time to tie that together. Well, what would you like to know about? So Reba was – Chigger's mother? Yeah. Cross from Tig. Yeah. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So that's where we are. Now we've tied up. No, what a Chigger. No, Chigger was out of two time Albert. Okay. Chigger was out of two time Albert and then and that's how he got Kentucky River Chigger. Kentucky River Chigger. Uh, he bred Tennessee Holloway's Tennessee Chigger was out of Reba, Ruby's sister. And two time. And two time Albert. And then he bred her now, now I've got you. Now I got and you. He bred her to, to Tig. And that's where Kentucky River Chigger come from. Okay, so that's how you bred Reba, Ruby, and Rachel all to two time. All three got bred to two time Albert, yeah. And then <clears throat> Kitty Cat's Jip got bred to Tag, and that's where the Kentucky River Chigger come from. Yeah, there were several good dogs in, out of that cross. Uh, I'm thinking I had a female that uh, was doing good, and. I don't remember. She got run over. I had one guy to stop stuck in her chest, too. And then there was a guy up around Nashville made a night champion out of one that was a litter mate uh, to Kentucky River Chigger. And he was a male dog and a good-looking rascal. And he was he, he reminded me of Tig a lot. And matter of fact, me and him, he met me at the house when I lived in Shevel. And I'd lined us up a, a hunt to go down there and hunt with Johnny. And Johnny, he brought Tig. And... Uh, we went down to Huntsville and hunted on the arsenal, and uh, it was uh, they struck a track, and I mean they blowed in there, and that water was in there waist deep, and come tree, and we went up in there, and it was I mean it, Johnny tried to bind, and but that kid he he got him from a pub and just you know started him. He lived in a real fancy neighborhood up there around Nashville, you know where. You wouldn't think you could train a dog, you know. Wasn't a whole lot of good coon hunt spots, you know. I don't know if he got him started on garbage can coons or what, but he was a super nice little old dog. And I don't know whatever happened to him. I know he not championed him out, and uh, but then I I think he may have got him a girlfriend, and it took a 
took place of his hunting. But uh, now, did you keep one out of that cross? Yeah, I you did, kept? and I always kept a, a pup out of every cross I've made. Sometimes two, and then I'll decide a little later on which one I want to put my time in because I'm a one dog man. I I I don't like hunting a bunch of dogs. I'm a I go hunting. I hunt one dog about every time I go, regardless. And then when I get my yeah, I get settled on one dog. That's, it gets all my attention and my time until I either finish it or cull it or whatever. But I can't – I don't hunt two or three different dogs. And especially now that I've got a little older, you know, it's just easier to handle one dog and uh, nonsense. And I'm a, I'm a female man. I, I won Winter Classic one year, high school black dog with a male, but that was the last male dog I hunted. You know, Tennessee Black Spade, but he was a super nice dog. Got a Pondesters Black Max back for older. These older hunters that know this bloodline back in the day, but. The Black Max, was that a fiddler? Was he out of no, fiddler? Wheeler or something? I don't think so. No, I don't think he was no kin to that. What, no, no Max Pondexter had him up in Missouri. And, uh, but, uh. And Max is, uh, I've. I don't know. He's still alive. I'm yeah, he's yeah, still yeah, alive. Yeah, I'm yeah. friends with him on Facebook. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's. I don't know if he hunts or not. Uh, him and Jim Freeman were yeah. partners on dogs for a lot of times, yeah. you know. And uh, but uh, he was the best male dog I ever owned by far. He just, uh, man, he you you when he struck a track, a lot of people might thought he was tired or silent, but he wasn't. He drifted the track, but you could pretty much, I would I would bet eight out of ten tracks. Unless you're hunting in cornfield season, or if you're down in South Georgia, when he opened on the track, you could look at your watch, and 10 minutes or less, it's over with. I mean, he, he drifted that track and made that coon climb. He knows how to tree coons. And, you know, there's a lot of dogs can tree a coon, but there's certain a few that know how to make it look easy mm. to do it. And he was one of them. Now, he wasn't much to look at. He was monkey-faced. But he was a good mate dog. I never lost a bench show with him. I mean, he was he made grand quick on that, and I made him a grand night before he turned two. But he wasn't much to look at, but he was a coon trigger, an open trailer. But like I said, he never opened in the same place twice till he come located and treed and had a coon. But that's the last male dog I've hunted, and I just I don't have the temperament for the male dogs. I'm a female man. This is stopping point for part one between Flippo and Fat Cat on the origins of uh, both uh, the Chigger female and, and Ruby and Rachel. Uh, tune in to the next episode where we kind of get closer to uh, here in a near, nearby. Uh, appreciate y'all listening. Uh, if you find this of interest, please go to the website abtcha.net and uh, become a member. God bless and go black.